We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to this message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. So as I said, today is Baptism Sunday, and so I want to tell you a little bit about my baptism. I actually had two baptisms. The first baptism, I was about 10 or 11 years old. Uh, Pastor preaches the message. I feel something stirring inside of me. So I walk down and I say, I want to give my life to Jesus and I want to be baptized. Everybody around me is excited. And so they take me through these like six to nine classes. Uh, They used to call them baptism classes. And they were all about learning the doctrine of the denomination that I was in. There was, you know, some conversation about Jesus in there, but a lot of it was a lot about the rules and the regulations of their denomination. And so when it came to the point of being baptized, I remember going to the small little Mexican church. Uh, Our church at the time didn't have a baptism pool, a trough. And so we go over to this Mexican church and and we go in the, the baptism pool. And I remember wearing this blue robe and I went in there and they baptized me and you got a bag of candy afterwards and it was awesome. Great incentive to be baptized at 10 or 11 years old. Bunch of other friends in there doing the same thing. But the interesting thing is they asked me a bunch of questions that as a 10 and 11 year old, I didn't really understand. In fact, a lot of these questions was n- were not just about, do you believe in Jesus Christ? It was a lot of, of questions about, hey, will you drink and will you smoke? Will you have sex? And I'm like, I'm 11 years old. I'm not going to do any of those things. I just want to get the candy and go back outside and play Legos. So um, at this age, I was baptized, and lo and behold, as the years went by, I got further and further away from the faith that I once declared, and my life really spiraled into a lot of craziness, a lot of mess, a lot of the things that I said I wouldn't do, and it ended up doing and doing them at such a level that was totally destroying my life. And as a young adult, God began to uh, prick on my heart and then began to draw me, and I felt drawn to the Word of God. I started reading the Bible by myself and feeling that God was speaking to me through that. I found a local church, started taking my girlfriend to this church as well, too. That is a freebie for all you singles out there. If you want to get married, take it to church or take him to church. Um, But we go to church together, and I found myself being wrapped by the radical love and grace of God, and also being just disgusted by the radical sin that I was living, the life that was so far removed from the life that I declared in Jesus Christ. And so I wanted to be rebaptized. And at that time, that baptism was so meaningful for me. I was baptized as a believer. I was baptized knowing about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and understanding the gravity and the weight of it on my life. I was baptized with joy. I wasn't getting candy at the end. There wasn't uh, prizes at the end. There was literally the prize of getting to know and being known by Jesus Christ. And from then on, my life took a whole new trajectory. I haven't been perfect since that, but I tell you, God's perfect love has been represented in my life and given over to my life in such a way that I know that I am loved, that I am sealed, that I am safe in the hands of Jesus. And listen, some of you guys may be watching this or listening to this right now, and maybe you were that kid being baptized. Maybe you were baptized as an infant. You didn't even know that you were baptized. Can I 
tell you, Scripture tells us about a believer's baptism. Scripture tells us that when people come to the age of accountability, when they acknowledge the person and work of Jesus Christ, when they can articulate the fact that they're a sinner and Jesus is their Savior, that they want to turn back from their life of sin and follow the Savior's life, then they should be baptized. See, repentance always meets baptism, and baptism is always in a space where someone who can make that decision on their own understands what's going on and can choose to live the life and say, hey, listen, hold me accountable. Hold me accountable. Come to me. When I fall short, remind me of the declaration of faith that I made. And so maybe you are in uh, this space right now watching this and, and engaging with this content, and you're saying, you know what? I want to be baptized. I want to know that experience of having that deep relationship with God that knows that there's nothing that will separate me from the love of God, that knows that there's no condemnation if I find myself in Jesus Christ. And so I want to invite you to be baptized today. Yes, I'm making that invitation already. Yes, I'm doing it online. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But I want to share a quick story in Scripture. Before I do that, let me pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Acts chapter 8, there's a story about a guy who is never given a name. We just know him as the Ethiopian eunuch. Let me tell you about him in verse 26. If you want to read along on the screen, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south. Philip is one of Jesus' disciples. Jesus has ascended to back to heaven. He has left his disciples. They're going out. They're preaching the word of God. They're seeing people come to faith in Jesus. Uh, and the angel tells him, Go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, let me tell you about this road. This was a main thoroughfare between different towns, and it was one of the most dangerous roads. You wouldn't want to catch yourself by yourself on this road. There were raiders on this road. There were land pirates on this road. They would try to take you for everything that you got, and this is the road that the angel is telling Philip to go by himself, right? This is a desert place. That's what it says. It says, man, this is a desert place. The place that I'm taking you on this road, there's not going to be anybody there. This is going to be a place you're going to be by yourself, Philip. It says, and he rose and went. I don't know. Philip must have been a very, very bold guy because I'd have been like, God, you know, can we just, can we go to the city? Can we go, uh, can, can we go to a more populated region? It says, and he rose, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. Uh, this Ethiopian eunuch, I'll tell you a little bit more about what a eunuch is if you're unfamiliar with that text, but this guy was not a Jew. He was not part of the nation of Israel, wasn't part of the Jewish nation, this, this group of individuals that were called out by God, that God said he was going to bless, that he was going to bring salvation and, and bring a blessing to the whole world through. So he is an individual who is far removed from this community, and he is literally traveling on this dangerous road to go to Jerusalem to where the temple was so that he could go worship. It says this, he had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and was reading the prophet Isaiah. This guy has gone to the temple. He's worshiped. Now he's on his way back home, and he's still reading the scripture. This guy is enamored with the word of God. He, he wants to know more about it. And the spirit said to Philip, 
go over and join his chariot. In other translations, it says, go and run alongside of his chariot. Go up next to his chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you're reading? I'm going to stop there for a quick second. Let me tell you about this Ethiopian eunuch. As an Ethiopian eunuch, he would have not been allowed in the inner courts of the temple. Let's just say he wouldn't have been allowed in the church lobby. Why? Because he was racially different. He wasn't part of the Jewish nation. He wasn't part of the racial ethnic makeup. He had different social customs. He came from a different land. And so he couldn't even make it into the lobby of the church, y'all, the lobby of the temple. And make it worse, he was a eunuch. A eunuch was a, a man who was castrated uh, when he began service for the king. Oftentimes, these individuals were slaves. Oftentimes, these were individuals who couldn't pay off their debt. So they decided to work for the king. And for them to be in the king's palace, having access to the queen, having access to some of the concubines, the other women that the king had. The king didn't want him messing with his women. He didn't want them messing with his wife. And so he literally castrated them. And that was one of the most inhumane practices. Why? Because this individual now could not leave a legacy. This individual was only alive until his name was only alive until he died. At the end of the day, this person was a social outcast. And imagine being a man who, who was castrated and everybody else around you thinking of you as less than because in this societal uh, part of the world, having children was a blessing. Having children was uh, wealth. And for you to not be able to have children, for you to not be able to produce offspring literally meant you were less than, you were outcast, and nobody thought you of value. And so to make matters worse, eunuchs were not allowed on the temple grounds. They were not allowed in the inner courts of the temple. Again, they weren't allowed in the lobby of the temple. They can't even, not even going into the sanctuary. He can go into the lobby. He can go to the auditorium. He can even get into the lobby. So you imagine this guy has traveled because of his love for God, because he's been converted in some way, shape, or form, and is believing in this God of the Jews. He shows up to the church, and he just praises by himself in the parking lot. He's not even going inside because he's not allowed to. In fact, if he went inside, they would have probably killed him. I just want you to picture this right now. This man has traveled on a dangerous road to go to a dangerous place because he loves God and wants to know about God. And I wonder why some of us, when we got a headache, we won't even go to church. Well, our stomach hurt, we don't even go to church. Or our kid has a game and we won't show up for church. And, and we've got this thing to do and we won't even show up for church. We come up with all these excuses and this man literally could have lost. He risked his life so that he could be found at the temple of God. I find that to be just incredible and amazing. Going on in verse 31, and he said... And this is his response to Philip, because remember, Philip is running up next to him. He, he's, he hears him reading the prophet Isaiah, uh, the same Isaiah that we read in Scripture. And, uh, and, and Philip asks him, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? Think about the humility. This guy is a rich guy. He conducts and oversees the wealth of the queen of Ethiopia. 
And this random dude runs up next to his chariot. He could have had him killed because the, the eunuch probably had guards. He probably had people around him so that he could be safe. And yet he humbles himself and says, man, listen, I'm reading this and I don't even understand what I'm reading. How can I understand unless somebody helps me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And the eunuch said to Philip, as he's reading this text, about whom, I ask, does the prophet say this? About himself or about himself? Philip sees this man, sees that he's reading some weighty text and recognizes that maybe he may not understand what this is actually saying. And the guy is so willing to ask for help and can I tell you, I've heard so many people say, I don't read the Bible because I don't understand it. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I, I don't read the Bible because a lot of it just goes over my head. A lot of people say, man, I want to read the word of God, but I get bored because I'm not really fully understanding what's going on. Can I tell you, sometimes you just got to ask. Sometimes you've just got to ask for help. And this Ethiopian eunuch says, man, listen, I don't understand what I'm reading. Will you help me? And can I tell you, that's why we have what's called regroups. Regroups are an opportunity for us to get together in small groups and go through the word of God together and be able to ask questions. See, on Sunday mornings, when you're listening to the podcast, we can't have a dialogue. This is more of a monologue. I'm, I'm providing teaching, but in, in regroup, you get to engage with the text. You get to learn more about it. You can ask those hard questions. Well, I read this, and this didn't make sense. And people begin to share their thoughts and their views, and you guys can dive through Scripture together because our faith, even our Bible reading, was never meant to be done alone. We're supposed to be around the teaching of the word together and learn together. And can I tell you, if you watch online, we even have online regroups available for you. Pastor Lewis, our family and care pastor, he, 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 he leads our online regroup. And so I want to invite you to get plugged into online regroup. Go ahead and type it in the chat. Just says, type in regroup. Type in regroup because we would love to get you plugged in. It happens every Thursday and you get online on, on the Zoom call and, and whatever platform he uses and you guys dialogue around the word of God. Because can I tell you the point of Bible study is to grow, not just to know. I'm going to say it again. The point of Bible study is not to just know, but to grow. And the sad thing that I've seen is a lot of biblically undeveloped Christians, people who believe in Jesus, but they don't understand the word of God because they've got a lot of information, but there is no transformation. And can I tell you, we study the Bible for transformation, not simply information. And so I want to invite you, if you don't have a study Bible, go ahead and get your study Bible. One of my favorite study Bibles is the ESV study Bible, the English Standard Version. It articulates the word of God so well. You can read the commentary of, of what certain things mean, what certain words mean, that give you the context of why this uh a particular area of scripture, why was it written, who was it written by, who was it written to, what we can take from it. Uh, now as believers, your Bible study is supposed to lead to transformation and not just information. And so that's what Philip is trying to do with this man. And so this man is asking for more information, and they're going through this text in Isaiah chapter 53. And it says this, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. 
and like a lamb before its shear is silent. So he opens his mouth not. This is talking about Jesus and how Jesus willingly submitted himself to death, a death that would atone for our sins and and ultimately give us freedom in and through his sacrifice. This literally would vindicate his innocence. This would show everybody that he didn't deserve to die. And this is a picture of the Old Testament practice of sacrificing animals at the temple. When individuals came to the temple to pray, they would bring all these animal sacrifices. These animals didn't know that they were going to die. They didn't know that they were going to be sacrificed. And this scripture is telling us that Jesus knew that he was going to be sacrificed. He willingly came, and he didn't make a noise. He didn't fight back. He willingly died for you and I. He willingly took the punishment that you and I deserve. And the scripture goes on and says, in his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. This is talking about the death of Jesus and how he was grossly mistreated and how his death was completely unjust. But this also reminds us that in Jesus's injustice, this would lead to our justification. And justification is a legal term. It means, yes, we're guilty. Yes, we're sinners. Yes, we've fallen short of the glory of God. But when Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins, our guilt was turned to innocence. God declared us innocent. He he declared us free. No more condemnation. Even though we deserved it, God gave us Christ's holiness. And Pastor uh, Zach talked about this a couple of weeks ago about imputation. Jesus made the, the, the most holy and the most righteous trait, his life for our life. And that's what this scripture that he's reading to this Ethiopian eunuch, that's, that, that's what he's explaining to him about. And then it says in verse 35, it says, Then Philip opened his mouth and began with the scripture. He told him the good news about Jesus Christ. How Jesus Christ, as the Son of God, most holy, most high, did not count being next to God, being God, being part of the Godhead, a thing to hold on to. That he emptied himself and he came and lived on earth just like you and I. He was born of a virgin, lived the same life that we lived, except one difference. He lived it perfectly. And because he lived this perfect life, his life was able to be given as a sacrifice for us. In fact, we're the ones who should have been condemned. We should have the ones we should have been the ones to go to the cross. But Jesus Christ willingly came to this earth to be a servant, to suffer as a servant on our behalf, allow his white life to be replaced for our life, allow himself to take on the sins of the world and the condemnation and the separation that he had from the Father, so that we would never ever have to experience that separation. And it says, while we were yet sinners, Jesus did all of this. While we were yet still in our corruption, Jesus allowed his body to be corrupted so that he could take on the punishment that you and I deserve, so that we could be able to stand in front of God and say, because of Jesus, I am redeemed. I am made new. And as Philip is telling him the story, this Ethiopian eunuch is being wrapped up and is 
Philip was probably letting him know. He says, listen, when we say yes to Jesus, when we repent of our sins, we need to be baptized. And the very next verse shows us a picture of what this means. Because as they were going along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And I want you to hang on this word. The eunuch said, see, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? Does anything stand in the way? Does anything stand in the way of me fully receiving the Holy Spirit in my life? Is there anything that's standing in the way of me being fully reconciled to God? Because up until there, there had been a barrier to the Ethiopian eunuch's faith practice. Remember, his ethnicity was a barrier. He wasn't allowed to be a part of the Jewish nation and wasn't allowed to be a part of the temple. His social status was a barrier. Because he was a eunuch, he would get killed if he even entered the temple courts. His physical uh, nature was a barrier. People would make fun of him. People would ostracize him. Listen, there was no reconstructive surgery back then. There was no getting away from the king and getting my man parts put back on, on me. Once it was done, it was done. And can I tell you, there was another barrier, the incompleteness of his understanding. And can I tell you, none of that kept him away from being baptized. And some of us are listening to this right now, and we've got every excuse of why we haven't been baptized. Hey, I'm not good enough. Hey, I'm still a sinner. Hey, I don't know the Bible well enough. Hey, I don't read the Bible all the time. Hey, it's been a long time since I've been in church. Can I tell you, if God didn't let anything stand in the way of sending his own son to be sacrificed for on your behalf, what should stand in the way of you saying yes to Jesus, being reconciled to the Father, and being reborn and renewed through the practice of baptism? Can I tell you? Nothing stood in the way of God's love for you. And nothing ever will stand in the way of God's love for you. So I've got to ask you, what stands in your way? See, the Ethiopian eunuch did not let anything stand in the way of his commitment to God. Listen, he showed up to church. He sought discipleship. When he didn't understand, he asked for help. And then he committed to go all the way in and was baptized. So what's standing in your way. Scripture tells us that once people receive the gospel and believe in Jesus Christ, they repent of their sins and they're baptized. In fact, in the book of Acts in chapter 2, there's a story about Peter, another one of uh, Jesus's disciples. G Peter goes and he preaches this epic message to a group of people. These individuals' uh, heart is, is transformed by the gospel. Because remember, the gospel, the Bible is not just about information. It's about transformation. They hear the word of the, God, uh, the, the Lord and they say, man, what shall we do? Does anything stand in the way of our relationship with God? And this is how Peter responds. He says, repent of your sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you will receive the gift of of the Spirit. And can I tell you, if you're listening to this right now, there should be nothing that stands in the way of you being fully all in in your relationship with God. Listen, be repentant. 
recognize your sins, recognize your faults. Say, God, I know I'm not perfect. I know I've fallen short. I know I am not following the ideal that you have me to live. Jesus, I want to be baptized. I commit to go all in with you. Scripture tells us, Jesus says, that if you deny me before others, I will deny you before God. But if you accept me before others, if you confess me as a Lord before others, I will confess you in front of the Father, and you will be saved. Can I tell you today, nothing should stand in the way. Nothing should stand in the way of you going all in for Jesus. And so today, if you want to be baptized, this is what I want you to do. Today, I just want you to repent and say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Yes, right now, right where you're sitting, say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for how I've fallen short. And then say, Jesus, I want to be baptized in your name. Yep, go ahead, right there, right where you're at, say, Jesus, I want to be baptized in your name. And can I tell you, put it in the chat. Let us know that you want to be baptized. Let us know through the chats right now. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Just say, I want to be baptized. We want to connect with you. We've got a special plan for you to be baptized today. So today, will you do like the Ethiopian eunuch and commit your life to Jesus today? Will you say nothing is going to stand in the way of my commitment to Jesus? Because nothing stood in the way of his commitment to me. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for every single individual watching this. Thank you for their decision to make a commitment to be all in. I pray, God, that you will forgive their sins. I pray, God, that you will hear their cries today. I pray, God, that whether they're in the living room, maybe they're on their job, maybe they're driving, maybe they just need to pull over and have a praise moment and accept what you're doing in their life right now. God, I pray that you will seal their commitment in the Holy Spirit as the guarantee of our salvation, the guarantee of our redemption, the guarantee of our relationship with you. Today, may they experience new life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, listen, if you said yes to Jesus, if you want to be baptized, I want to remind you, put it in the chat. Let us know you want to be baptized. We'll be following up with you right after our worship experience. We want to get connected to you. We want to let you know that Jesus lives and he can live inside of you and through you and your life will never be the same. Today is the beginning of an epic journey in your life. God bless you and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more messages like this one.